Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello there. Welcome to The Sport of Episode 79. My name is Brandon. I am the host again. It's been a while, but it feels good. Um, with me at Sportive HQ is John. Hi, John. The new Sportive HQ. New Sportive HQ. Yeah, we have relocated. We're coming to you live from Uptown. Yeah. Are we in Uptown? We're not in Uptown, are we? If you want to be. We're closer to Uptown. I don't want to be in Uptown. So. I'd rather not be in Uptown if <laughs> okay, possible. Okay, then, the, then we're in the burbs. Um, and um, dialing in from beautiful St. Cloud is uh, Steve Newman. Hi, Stu. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? Oh, it's going, sir. Um, cool. It is going. We're hoping to have one Clarence Swamptown call in later. We'll see exactly uh, when that happens, if that happens. But um, yeah, why don't we just move forward um, without him in life? Well, we've tried to many times before, but he always keeps coming back. Yeah, we. He's can't like a faithful him. dog, or a sexually transmitted disease. He's a faithful rabid dog. Yeah, yeah. He's. Kind and decent, but he will rip your leg off. He's a faithful rabid dog with herpes. We already got our podcast title. That's great. All right, we're done. Okay, so the um, biggest news, absolute shocker for everybody who's been in a coma, is that um, Paul Molitor has been named the manager, the 14th manager, I don't know, of the Minnesota Twins. Um, We all saw this coming a long time ago. I think we reported it here first. You know, Meat Sauce is We talked about this two years ago. Local personality Meat Sauce is trying to take credit for this, uh, which is asinine, um, because we had this this story way before. We had this story before the season. We had this story. 2012. I want to say 2012. Yeah. Everybody saw this one coming. Um, (laughs) You can back it up all the way to 2001. When most of us were still in college or just out of college. And figured, yeah. And figured Paul Molitor is going to be the new manager. So That's I, when we had this. I do have a quick question about the actual reporting business. Um, so Meat Sauce legitimately did have this like as a reported sort of source yes. thing, right? But this was before some interviews happened, right? Didn't they still go and meet with Tori whatever? Yeah, supposedly oh. Jim Polad flew out and met with Tori Lavulo and... Met with Gene Glynn again. So who would his source have been? Just somebody that going, they're fucking around. They're, they know they're going with. Is that, was that his source? And I like to imagine it? that Paul Lambert, a.k.a. Meat Sauce, and Terry Ryan have just like a weekly brunch date where it is Terry something just you like leaks to imagine, the news. Huh? Yep. Wow. You have a funny I figure that's what happened at least. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stuart, how do you feel about this hiring? Ah. <sighs> Uh, that's Stu's reaction to everything. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, yeah. Jeez. I yeah. don't. I just. I don't. It, yeah. 
Well, let's let's do our best to see the bright side, um, just to give our listeners a, a little bit of a curveball, because we usually are extremely cynical and right. By the way, we're cynical and correct yep. all the time. Um, it's not Scott Alger. That's true, right? It's definitely I, not Scott Alger. Alger was they, not hired. Point number two: They did not rehire Ron Gardenhire they after did not, firing him. Yep, yep. That's a, that's fantastic. They could have done. They could have hired like Blackjack Morris. They didn't do that. <laughs> There's been some talk that he might be the pitching coach. Oh God, really? Which I can't imagine why that would no. be. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I, I, I heard I heard Frank Viola had expressed interest. I don't know if that's a thing that's that'll happen. But. Anybody who's pitched before, uh, yes. Well, it, it'll be obviously a, an ex uh, an ex twin. You know, I um, yeah. I don't have um, I don't. So I spent when I was um, at Target. I was on the Target Field project, so I was able to meet some of the some of the former twins for certain events or whatever. And I talked to Jack Morris one time and just was sort of shooting this shit with him. And within about nine seconds, he was bitching about these kids these days with their arms and pitch counts and yep. a bunch of pussies and whatever. So he'd be a perfect pitching. It's my coach, way of though. telling you, I don't think he would be a very. Good. He just was like, "You're fine. You're you're just." Does like, your arm hurt? Pitch through it. You'd be the new Dusty Baker. Pitch harder. Mark Pryor threw like 175 pitches a game that one year. <laughs> R.I.P. That was kind of a fun year because even back then people were like, no, Dusty. Yeah. Don't do that. Please stop he's, it. It's hurting him. He's yeah. wincing every time he throws. That's not good. I know. Dusty was like, he's got to build up the arm strength. Uh-huh. That's my Dusty <laughs> Baker impersonation, everybody. Huh. That's interesting. That was a little strange. It sounded like Patty or Selma. <laughs> His shoulder socket was bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> Like Labor Day. I know. <laughs> what are you leaking? Get back out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Stu, your official opinion of Paul Molitor is just a long sigh. Is that right? Followed it's by an enormous pull on his beer. Yes. Yes. I just don't know. Okay. That's fine. I, I think that's totally valid. Um, I I believe one Clarence Swamptown has checked in. Clarence, do we have you? I'm here. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for joining us. We are uh, about 12 seconds in. First order of business was to talk about the Paul Molitor signing, which we have already, don't worry about it, we already pointed out that uh, we had this this uh, bit of news first. So we've already talked some shit, so we've gotten that out of oh, the way. Oh, good. You let everybody know we... Yeah. We set, so, yeah. just to recap, in March, we had it in March, mm-hmm. that Guardy... Of 2001. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guardy would be out. And replaced by Paul Molitor. And the third part of that, which hasn't we don't know yet, is that Gardy would become a roving minor league instructor. Do you remember that? I oh, don't yeah. remember that now. Yeah. I thought it might and, be a special uh, assistant or something. So we're going with uh, roving minor league instructor or special scout, something like that. Yeah, special assistant of the GM, maybe. There will be a special in his title. <laughs> special or roving. With the guaranteed. organization was, yeah, and an in, yes, that was the call. Now, apparently Gardy is deciding whether he wants and they've offered it to him of course they've offered him a job already so we may end up being right guardy is currently weighing his options yeah his options um it's this or the uh, become a full-time member of the hardware store that he was a spokesman of that's about it so we'll see <laughs> I th- which actually that's what i want to do when i retire is just work at a hardware store like 10 hours a week maybe i don't know, just f- fiddle fuck around in the hardware store Come in, you know, put the apron on. Fuck, what do you guys need? Tighten Solve some problems. lug nuts. Yep. Fix a screen. What, you know, uh, Just reorganize yeah, you the know. bolt section. 
little pencil dicks that don't know shit, tell yeah. them what's up, and then uh, and then go home. Yeah, that sounds like a quite sounds a life. Like paradise. Yes, it's paradise. <laughs> yeah, three years from now, when Clarence is old enough to retire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're almost there. You got I'm that. working for another ninety years. It's not three years away. I got so much time. I'm so effed. Well, the good thing is people are living longer, and there'll be so much medicine that you'll be a, you'll be at like even eighty-seven years old. Hopefully, you'll still have most of your faculties, so you'll no, be able to no, continue no. even through if all these ranting. 50, if I make fifty, it'll be a goddamn miracle. So it'll, it'll be. Yeah. So we all know you in real life that you're a pretty mild-mannered person. Do you think that all of this raging out that you do on Twitter? You obviously weren't doing that like five years ago or eight years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Has this made you a calmer person because you get your rocks off that way? Or have this, has this sort of like um, um, leaked out into your in per- personal life and all of a sudden like your your kid won't finish her milk and you just start fucking going ape shit on her? Like, oh, man. You stupid no. fuck. Drink it. Have I you, don't think so. Have you no? noticed okay. yourself trolling your children? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, I don't think I, it was the I, Grinch who stole Christmas. I'm pretty sure it was it was the Who's. I'm pretty sure it's the Who's. Oh, oh, you thought a banana was a good choice. Oh, That's, good that one, was yeah. your fucking choice. You fucking what are you high? <laughs> fucking banana. That's what you thought was going to be a good choice for lunch. Fucking <laughs> genius. Oh, no, let's see how it, let's see how it works out. You know who else uh, eats bananas for lunch? Dave Stern. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Slap it out of her hand. <laughs> uh, so it hasn't changed no. you. I don't think so. I no. think it's made me. I think it's improved. Question mark. Sure. Just because I have this relief valve. It's an outlet. You yeah. knuckleheads that I can bounce shit off of yeah. instead of everybody else. Yeah, in we're my the life. knuckleheads. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so um, before you got on, we asked Stu his opinion on the um, on the Paul Molitor hiring, and he sighed for about fourteen seconds, and then took a giant glug of beer. Uh, do you have an opinion? Um, obviously, it's not surprising, but what is your, now that it's actually happening, what's your opinion on the hiring of Molly? Can we call him Molly? We can. We can call him Molly. Mollipolitor? And it's spelled M-O-L-L-I-E, too, apparently. Okay. Okay. Sure. What do you think about Molly? I mentioned, uh, uh, really quickly before Clarence steps in, I think I've mentioned this on here before, that he is neighbors with my old college roommate, Jason, right? No. Interesting. Yeah, somewhere in uh, somewhere in the deep dark wilds of Edina, their neighbors. Good so, to know. Anyway, Good to know. Yeah, that's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna strike that from the record, and please tell you to shut up, yep. prosecutor. We'll let it out in post. Okay. Over to Clarence. Yep. My opinion is there's absolutely no way of knowing how good he's going to be as a manager. He's Holy never. Shit, that is exactly what I said. By oh. Cyan, that is exactly what I said. Yeah, there's people giving their opinions on if he'll be good or bad. They're absolutely they do not know. He has never done it before, ever at any level, ever. Yeah, I don't know that he's coached his kid. His, like his son's like eight. I don't know that he's ever coached his son's team. Much he's got less. an eight-year-old son. He's seventy-two years old. He's on his second wife. Yeah, he's we'll got, I think, that. an 11 and 8-year-old or something like that. His kids are pretty young. Yeah. He's never been in charge of a baseball team. Who the, who the fuck? He might be awesome. He might be horrible. We don't know. The, no idea. The good thing is um, it's really an, it's a very easy job. 
Um, so that's good news. It's kind of hard to totally fuck up. My point of view has always been the only thing that we can hope for as, as a manager is a guy who will bring analytics in and convince the front office that they actually matter. That's the only actual thing that you can do as a manager, for me, my opinion, uh, to affect more than like a win per season. Um, so do you think he's go- – do we have any clue whether he's going to p- potentially affect that portion yeah, well, he's he's touched on it. He's spoken to it that he is more open to it than they have been in the past. Now, you couldn't be yeah. less yeah. open to it. So exactly. It that's... It means if he doesn't little... make a fart noise whenever Jack Gowen is around, that's probably yeah. a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. uh, an example Poor of it, apparently he wanted, to do, he wanted to shift a lot more than they did. Now, they shifted a lot more than they ever had in the past. Yeah. Asked last year, and yeah. Molitor was apparently 100% the one behind that. They they didn't shift at all in years before, or rarely, uh, in years before Molitor came on the, the big league staff. And last year, they were like middle of the pack amongst major league teams of, of how often they shifted. Mm-hmm. And apparently there still was some butting of the, of the heads between Gardy and Molly because they're both ex-infielders. So Gardy was open to hearing Molitor's ideas but didn't go fully, so the thought process is maybe this year they're going to be like shifting all the time now that Molly's in charge. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Hmm. Fuck if I know. There's again, no way of knowing we're speculating. There's no, there's, there's no track record. We don't know. It's yeah. possible to know. Well, and it's, it's also a little odd to me. I don't know. I mean, just a little bit that he's a lot of um, the articles have been written about. He's this sort of savant, right? This baseball genius, um, isn't he's it, a baseball lifer. He's a lifer. Okay. But isn't it a little bit odd that this supposedly like one of the smartest baseball minds of all time is getting his first head coaching gig at like 66 years old? That's weird, right? Shouldn't he have gotten a... He's had previous opportunities that he turned down. Is apparently that he didn't pursue it. Is that coming from him? Well, there have been yes. a number of stories out that supposedly he turned down the job in 2001 because he didn't know if the team would get contracted. He turned it down yeah. again in 2012, I think it was, when the poll ads wanted to wanted to fire Garden Hare midseason, but Molitor decided he didn't want it like that. 2012 or 2013, I can't actually remember which of those stories were. Now, as you're making the gigantic wanking motion, I sure am. those stories are probably not true at all, but... He seems a little bit like a Zimmer to me. They're the exact same age, funny enough. They're both like 59 they are years not. old. They are. Mike Zimmer is 74. They're both the Molitor exact same age. Molitor at least is still in his 50s, They're like right? two months apart. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both supposedly these uh, genius minds at certain levels of the certain aspects of the game, but whether they can actually take ownership and control, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and obviously well, his job means is... a lot less than Zimmer. So. No, it's not exactly the same. Zimmer interviewed for head coaching jobs and never was given them. Molitor never had the – he never wanted them. He never pursued manager jobs. That's odd to he me. He had opportunities in Seattle, too, in the 90s, apparently, and to, to at least be on the track to start becoming a manager. And he just – it's not anything he ever wanted. That's weird, right? Like you finally decide to take the more uh, – take the job that you've never wanted when you're, again, 58, 59 years old. That's odd. I, I don't really care, and it's not relevant, but it's a little weird to me. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. If you're, if I were a Hall of Fame baseball player, you'd be working. At the I hardware would store. not work any harder than I had to. I would just, I would not be a manager. I'll tell you that much. 
I'd be fishing. I I would be like Herbeck. Herbeck lives the fucking ideal life. Just Herbeck lives the life we eat, all wanted to lead. Yeah. Dr- eat, drink, hunt, fucking fuck around, go to bars. Everybody Just buys you drink. That would be sandwiches the ideal everywhere life. you go. Probably everywhere. He's eating one right French now. French dips. French dips. Left and right. Probably one in each hand. God, that sounds like paradise. I wouldn't be fucking managing a baseball team. I'll tell you that much. I uh, know. I don't understand. It must be something about it because, yeah, I have. I, you know, I talk to people that I'm, what are you going to do when you're done playing baseball? Are you going to coach? And I'm like, dude, I don't want to fucking coach at all. That does, it's not fun at all to me. I mean, one thing, obviously, it's not, in my opinion, not really fun to coach kids. Um, but even high school, college, none of it really interests me at all. And I love and, obs- and, and am obsessed with baseball. But that just is not the, I don't know, man. It's it's a surprising thing to be like really into, for me. I don't know. Really, you don't have any. That's that is odd. Then that you have no. It probably I'm helps that you have other useful skills. As a job. No, I just to me coaching is such a helpless baseball coach. Like I can understand if you were really into basketball or football to have some control and and you know whatever. But baseball, it's like just figure out who those nine guys are. And put them out there, and ninety-five percent of your job is done. Well, you're talking about like managing at the kit adults being a manager of. I'm talking about like you don't even want to coach six-year-olds or eight-year-olds. Yeah, there's that doesn't even. I think there's. It would have to be a little bit older than that. Um, right now, I'm imagining Brandon setting up a bunch of six-year-olds to practice cutoffs and stuff like that. We're gonna do this right. We're gonna take infield till we get this right. Yeah. We are gonna turn two. We're gonna throw to the right base, and all of them are phasing yeah. away you're from just home plate. Trust and, me on it. Yeah, you saying that they will stand there and stare at you like you're an alien. We're gonna practice cutoffs, all right? Yeah. Okay, go out and stand at, at second base, and they will. They won't know where second base. Is. I know. <laughs> just stand there and stare. Oh, okay. You're yeah. You got to tear it down. Start at the beginning. Yeah, I've done plenty of clinics and like the eight to 10 year olds like up to age 10 there's do not get me in front of those guys i cannot dumb baseball down enough i'm too i just can't do it but a little bit older maybe i would do so i don't know Um, i think it's fun yeah i'm sure it will be once my kid is that age too like that probably really helps uh so anyway we'll see um okay so let me ask you um is paul molitor a first ballot shoe-in for the Keith Millard Hall of Fame. He absolutely is. He has to be, right? Do we need he, to rename We Keith may Millard need to rename it after Paul Molitor. Because <laughs> Keith Millard, sort of whatever, everybody remembers him for saying that, telling the cops that their guns weren't as powerful as his arm. But I, I'm not sure whether I didn't remember or didn't know yeah. about Paul Molitor's horrible, horrible past. He, and let's not make light of certain things, but let's let's... Set the record straight. The Keith Millard Hall of Fame is a um, very exclusive membership. Uh, actually, it's probably not that exclusive at all. We probably all belong in it in some way. It's it's essentially the you're lucky you're a white person Hall of Fame. Um, and I think that if we, yeah, I, I'll just I'll just say that we think Paul Molitor probably belongs there, right? He had I, I, a, so. I don't even know what is the horrible things that Paul Molitor has done. Not horrible. We're just saying if he was not a well, white what person, we might, we might be overly judgmental. So, John, do you remember it was, exactly? It was sort of glossed over in the paper, but they also mentioned it a number of times in their big article and stuff today mm-hmm. that was in the Star Tribune. So he's a noted drunk, which was par for the course in that era. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody in baseball was a drunk at the time. Mm-hmm. But he was also a heavy cocaine user. 
He fathered a number. They didn't specify how many illegitimate children, but it was referred to as a number. Mm-hmm. He had a contentious divorce from his first wife, I think, while he was still playing. I, mi- I mentioned he was on his second wife. No, none of that adds up to make him an awful person. No, no, no. But it's well, certainly... because no, he's not black, so it's not a yeah, referendum exactly. of fair race. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, of course. Because when but... Adrian Peterson does it, then we have to talk about how it's a referendum on African Americans, whereas Paul Molitor just... He's a kid out there. He's having fun. He's intense is what he is. He's just he's so intense. into the he's game. He's He's got to go and unwind somehow. If that's, you know, 75 lines of coke on a Tuesday to a point where I think wasn't there a time when they thought he might have OD'd? There was was Ron Simon, who was his agent back in the day, wrote in his book about a time that Molitor was staying at his house or something like that. And he was up all night on a coke bender and his girlfriend or wife at the time went to find him and he had passed out and they were trying to figure out a way to break into the house and get him without calling the cops so that... It didn't come out that Paul Molitor had passed out from a coke binge and had to have someone break in, break into the house and get him out of there. Yikes! Well, that's that's the best sport effect ever. <laughs> Let's hope. I think that might You're be wrong. a real one. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that might be a real one, but. <laughs> Thanks, Wade, for checking up. That's probably legally actionable if you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wade, make some calls if necessary. This was from an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We are just reporting the news. um, We're we're just reading the news, not reporting the news. Um, That is not at all a a judgment. Wait, I know what I'm supposed to say. Allegedly. Allegedly, there you go. Allegedly, that was all true. It's not a judgment on Molly, but it's definitely if, uh, like, Ron Washington came out, there was, like, a rumor that he did coke once, and people no, were flipping No, he was a out. fairly noted cokehead, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Okay. Anyway, I feel like people came down on Ron Washington pretty hard at the time. Probably. And, uh, you know, Keith Muller Hall of Fame. The Paul Molitor Hall of Fame, maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll, we'll take it under advisement, and uh, we'll see where we land on that. Who else was in the Keith Muller Hall of Fame? Besides Keith Millard and now Paul Molitor. There was some We put someone in there in about like episode had a bunch 55. Of, had, like, had a bunch of guns in his trunk or something. Some like that NFL sounds boy, Ryan Tannehill or somebody yeah. like that got arrested with like 14 guns. It was guns, a southern quarterback. And it was like, oh, well. He loves hunting. Yeah. It's like, oh, with an Uzi? Yeah, he's got an AK-47 in there, guys. That's not, That's not really legal that. anywhere. I don't think Clarence Russia. brings that out grouse hunting, a fucking bazooka. He would if he could get a hold of one. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, None of your fucking business would I bring girls, honey. No, I would never. I would never yeah, ask. Fucking DNR officers. <laughs> you got a warrant? <laughs> I actually said that. You to got me. a permit? You got I said a that ID? to my wife the other night. Oh, you got a warrant? Oh, I she didn't think it. it was as funny as I did. How'd that go? Is it when you open yeah. the door after locking her out of the house? <laughs> you got a warrant? You weren't even there. You're not allowed to continue that Damn it. joke. Well, Stu already left. Yeah, Stu Stu's is gone. gone. <laughs> I saw him get up and leave. Every once in a while, we look at our iPad, and Stu, it's just the back. It's just the I would wall assume he's house. not out raking leaves at this time of night, but Who knows? he's gone somewhere. Fixing the garbage. What's disposal. that on his walls? We always commented on the decorations on your walls when you're in Dallas. Yeah, I can't really tell. That's, uh, yeah. It knows? appears to be a relief of some kind. John, you had a question that I wanted to get to. Who is more sportive, Molitor or Maurer? Do you have an opinion here or want to make an argument? I, I do have an argument. Okay, okay. Sportive? Traditionally, tra- traditionally, we'd go with the goofball of the group. Typically, the guy, sportive guys are goofballs without like trying to be a goofball. They're just sort of like march to the beat of their own drum, lunch pail if possible. But really, like I don't give a shit what other people think about me. Yep. Maybe if I'm a weirdo, I'm a weirdo. Not, But not like a... Um, What's-his-face for the um, 
That old Brian Wilson, the closer for yep. the Giants, by the not sportive. Not like you're not nope. get the fuck out aggressive. Of here. The goofy. least sportive guy in the world, but Amen. like a, just a generally goofy guy. Like yeah, Bobby so, Karecki. Bobby Karecki was sportive. Yep. yep. Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking he was about everything this. Brian Wilson wanted to be. But he <laughs> Brian didn't. Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Brian Wilson tries so hard. Yeah, that's to be yeah. Quirky. Lou Ford clearly. Was everybody who is listening <laughs> to this knows yes, we do Lou not Ford. try hard at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, my buddy. No effort involved here. My buddy Pat Nishak, extremely sportive, very sportive. goofiest guy in the whole. We listen to like German death metal. Uh, just, yeah, goofy is all get out. Okay, so we are wondering who is more sportive, Molitor or Maurer. This is going to be tough because they both seem like the least sportive people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Ta- it's got a little existential in my mind because oh. naturally, I I think you would think of Paul Molitor as being more sportive because of. His drinking, drug taking, carousing kind of days. That is fairly Which is sort of how how we like to portray ourselves as degenerates who have a podcast. But then I was thinking about it. I think we're all on our first wives. As far as I know, we're all on our first wives. We're all married. We have seven kids between us. Again, how about you? You mind your own goddamn business. This is a little too too close to home here. Which which of those guys really is more like us? It's Joe Maurer. Oh, man. That's true. We're way more like Joe Maurer than we'd like to pretend. We really want to be like Molly, though. Yeah, we, we wish really, we could hang with him. Like, we oh, wish yeah, we had those kind right, of yeah, stories. I got a dealer. But then... No, I don't. When we're not on the podcast, we're like, sorry, I can't be there next week. I got to coach my kid's softball team and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. We're just, you That's know... true. Father of the year all the way around. God damn it. We're Joe Maurer. We are the Joe Maurer of podcasts. And Joe, Joe Maurer is the most sportive. He has like a recording studio where he raps. And that sounds dumb, but I really want to be in that recording studio. <laughs> My name is Brandon, and I'm here to say <laughs> I love Joe Mawa in every way. <laughs> God damn Brandon it. Brandon rapping. All right. Oh, man. You don't. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I am Joe Mauer. Mm-hmm. I hate milk. Does that help? Probably not. You hate milk? Yeah, but that doesn't really do much. What? Damn it. Why do you hate milk? The taste. The taste. Mostly you, the taste. Did you drink milk when you were a kid? No. You never drank milk. Well, I mean, I did when I was when I had to when I was forced to drink milk. But no, this is gross. almost as crazy as Clarence not liking tacos. I haven't had a glass of milk since I was probably thirteen. Everybody Jesus, likes Mary milk. and Joseph. No, right, no, I don't. Literally, everyone likes thing. milk. A, if he's not going to drink milk, Clarence is officially off, off the hook. I'd say, dude, I've had a thousand glasses of milk in my life. Clarence, how many tacos have you eaten? Zero. Okay, well, I so I win. I've tried <laughs> well, milk. I've had plenty right, of milk. I just don't love it. I'll concede you that point. Yeah, I'll drink Still something Still doesn't else. make it right. God. Okay, so um, so we're saying, sadly, are we saying that in our definition well, of sportive, not con- we're not sportive? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that we ourselves are not sportive. <laughs> well, we have to have personas, though, in the you know public eye. We're public figures. We have personas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, Clarence uh, has a persona. We get upwards of 18, 19 downloads an episode. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be the same now that maybe I will. I'll just stop downloading it 120 times and we'll just see our numbers nosedive. Yeah, I hope you don't. I bet I can get Wade to pick up the slack. Right, right. Um, okay, should we close the book on uh, on Molly? Well, let me throw one more scenario. I think I've, I don't think I've told this on the podcast before. I've maybe told you guys about my Paul Molitor uh, story. No, I don't think doc- you have told us. At the doctor's office. 
uh, I had, you know, I had my busted up my shoulder here a couple years ago and I was getting surgery and I was sitting in the, uh, waiting room. It was pre the pre-surgery appointment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in the doctor's office and I can hear, I saw him out in the hall also. I can hear Paul Molitor in the, in the room next to me talking to the doctor about his back problems. And I hope this is this isn't like patient doctor. You are not uh, his doctor. I don't think doctor patient okay. confidentiality extends to you. And he's got back problems or whatever. The doctor says, "Okay, what you need? I need you to no activity for four to six weeks or whatever, and I'll get I'll write you a prescription." And you, you can't, Paul. You can't golf. You can't do any of this stuff. Okay, doc, you got it. And uh, so he tells him that. Next day, I'm listening to K-Fan, and they have their celebrity golf tournament or whatever that yep. day. And they're giving the update of the, their celebrity golf tournament. And the foursome that's winning is Paul Molitor's foursome. <laughs> like, he, next, he just completely ignored his The very doctor, next I day. I just remember driving down the road laughing to myself like, okay, okay, Doc, you got it. Yep, no golf. <laughs> nope, definitely not going to golf anywhere. <laughs> not going to golf. And, yeah, maybe... 16 hours later he's on the links i do want to i do want to mention one more thing which about, i think is kind of sportive like tell yeah that is kind of sportive ignoring yeah, your doctor's yeah, order is sportive, sportive for sure thing to do. <laughs> i do want to mention right. one other thing about the monitor hiring that it made me feel good because we've had the team incompetent versus team lazy argument a number of times and the story that came out and maybe this is true and maybe this is not true is that in the hiring Jim Polad had the final say. He flew to California or something and met with Lavulo again, met with Gene Glenn again. Both guys who I think we probably would have rather seen the Twins hire than Paul Molitor. And at the end he said, you know what? Paul Molitor's still my guy. I got to go with Molitor. Yep. I know that these guys could take the franchise forward and really have something different to say, but I got to go with Molitor. And that leads strong support (laughs) to team incompetent rather than team lazy. It wasn't that he didn't meet with anybody Mm because he was making a film about elevator repairman in Bulgaria or anything like that. He was there, he tried, he showed up, and he still picked Paul Molitor. I think I think it's a great point, and to put an exclamation point on that, the Cubs you know, hired Joe Madden. Yep. Their owner wasn't at the press conference. I remember, though, it was Theo Fleury or whatever the fuck that guy's name. Theo no, that's Epstein. right. Theo that's Fleury correct. Theo the, Fleury, yep. former Calgary Flames winner. Their GM, who I don't remember, he's like eight years old. The, the Cubs GM is some... Also Theo tiny. Fleury. It's also, yeah. Uh, Jed Hoyer. So Theo Epstein is the president. Then they have a GM that's like... But the owner Jed Hoyer, there. isn't it? Jed Hoyer, that's right. He's the GM. Yeah. He was there, and then it was Joe Madden, just the three of them. The president is like... Tom Hicks or fuck, I don't know. Tom Hicks is the former owner of the Rangers. Rangers, yep. Uh, whatever. Tom Taylor Hicks. Hicks. Is, uh, it's Taylor Hicks. Tom Hicks. Tom Hicks is. He's a guy from American Idol. Yeah. Old okay. Western. I'm, I'm hip. Actor I'm with it. From the twenties. Anyways, their owner was not there. Poled with Jim was there in uh, Paul's in Molitor's press conference. He's there. So maybe the. It is tilting more towards incompetent, not so much lazy. Yep, he's there. He's making the decisions. They're just the wrong ones. I will say, though, that you guys are pointing out what essentially boils down to like half a day's worth of work. That's true. <laughs> just showing up. Yep. He's, he's just, just like flying flew to California. to California. Oh, darn it. I got to go to California. But he, even if he only did a very little bit of work, he still retained the ability, retained the desire to make the decision. 
to be the guy that said, listen, guys, I'm going to choose the next manager. Yeah. I, above everyone else, you guys have been in baseball a long time, Mm -hmm. but my dad owned this team. And so I, above anyone else, know what this team needs to go forward as a baseball team. You know what this team needs? A little more of the same. Yep. So devil's advocate here to, to go with John here a little bit further is... Apparently, the story behind it, and this is from Royce uh, telling the story, is that uh, Jim want, Jim Polad wanted Paul Molitor all along. So then the baseball people, that's what the words that Royce used, wanted Lavello. They wanted Jim to really take a good, hard look at Lavello. Say, saying, hey, just, we really like this guy. He's blowing our doors off here in the interview process. Mm-hmm. At least take a look at him. Yeah. So basically, it sounds like they begged him to fly out and interview Lavulo or Lavello, however you pronounce his name. Jim did. It's fine. Fuck. I'll fly to fucking California. I'll interview this guy. Interviewed him, and then said, "Nah, still like Paul, but go with Molitor." So they did. Yeah. So they kind of had to beg him to go out there. So is that still kind of lean towards Team Lazy? It does. Seeing it, as it, how it still kind of does. You might be right. It might. Like fine, fuck. I'll just fine. I mean, just to clarify, my back. He's definitely both. We're just no, trying yeah. to find out which one he's which more. Which one he's more? Yeah, we don't know the percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. both. It's just the percentage. <laughs> yeah, is it ninety ten? Is it fifty? We don't know. Yeah. yeah. It oh, might man. also be evil. I actually think I'm throwing oh, evil in there. Oh shit! The I keep forgetting about now. evil. You know, because like, the gre- like greedy evil. Like he's incompetent, lazy, and greedy evil, and it's. It's those three things. Mm-hmm. It might be like five, eighty-five, ten. Yeah, I just don't know where the split is. Well, it's funny because the Wilfs seem to have almost a monopoly on the team evil. Yep. So we keep thinking that no one else could be, but they're still, of course. We have yeah. to give some credit. Other people can be evil. Maybe the not Wilfs the same are evil. Like... Maybe not the you know same type of evil or the same level. But there's a little bit of evil potentially in a still lot. Still in of people. there. Yeah, of course. Still but in there. The Wilfs are like eighty-five percent evil. And then 10% incompetent and 5%. No, the Wilfs are like, yeah, they will completely BF you. Jim Pullhead's more like, you know, he'll, yeah, he'll lie to your face, but it's not like. He'll foreclose on your grandma's house during the Great Depression. Yeah. Like he'll let you wear a a hundred bucks in my hand. Just give me your lamp. He'll tell you it looks really good. And you're like, it doesn't look good, but he'll just tell you. Yeah. Just lie to you. Fucker. Um, okay, so I think we need to move on. <laughs> I think we could do another hour just on Paul Molitor. We probably could, but uh, to sum up, uh, let's just full circle, just one like four-minute-long sigh, and then a pull off our beer. That is the official sport of opinion. Yep. Oh, on I only Paul got a little Molitor. bit of beer left. Okay. So that's, how, that's our opinion on Paul Molitor. Uh, best of luck. Uh, he's a manager, so he doesn't really... We don't know. He, can't, he doesn't matter that no much. Way, no he can't do that much. Okay, so let's move on to... Um, um, I don't know if I say greener pastures, but different pastures. I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, Minnesota Vikings football team, football squad. Uh, they, they made won- it to November without my prediction being completely wrong. It's not totally so wrong I'm, yet. It's definitely it's not, not totally wrong, wrong yet. yet. <laughs> the Washington Redskins, two or three seasons ago, rode a hot rookie quarterback named RG3 to a 10 and 6 record after they started out really slowly. I think they were what 3 and 6 at one point and won 7 in a row. I'm not saying I'm one just question saying. does come to mind. 
Why not us? Why not us? And a second question. I have another Why one not here. now? Why not now? That's exactly the one that I was going to ask as well. I don't know. I was at the game on Sunday this as part of my once-a-decade trip to a Vikings game. Oh, fun. I don't know if this came through on TV or not, but for most of the fourth quarter, whenever there was somewhat quiet, the crowd would chant, chant, Teddy, Teddy. You could hear it. Absolutely, you could hear it. No, that was just me. You heard me (laughs) chanting down here. I saw a man up by the flagpole with a Vikings flag in one hand and an American flag in the other one, waving them back and forth. And a beer in a third hand. That didn't even make any sense, but I was there. Somehow I had three. The rest of the section was applauding him as he stood shirtless at the top of DCF Bank Stadium. (laughs) Yeah. Leading the chants. Like Hacksaw Jim Duggan in his prime. Yeah. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. So okay. he has. I'm just going to uh, do this the rest of the Viking segment. He, Teddy, Teddy, keep he, going. Uh, he has his moments. Yeah, he definitely has his moments. <laughs> he does right? have his moments. Um, he's he's really like. Uh, I feel very emotional watching him because he does like, kind of go back and swing back and forth between solid. He looks like a rookie quarterback, you might say. It's what he yeah. looks like. Yeah, is like exactly. it might be like his exactly third or fourth like start in the NFL. <laughs> it's almost as if he's starting like his third or fourth game in the NFL. Yeah, I, yeah, he's definitely not like like there's. There have been quarterbacks where you immediately know this guy's got it and he's he's going to be fine. Oh, the, yeah, what, like Andrew Luck and uh, just like who Tom? Who well, no, not Tom Brady because he started. Really Tom Brady. So, um, no, Peyton Manning kind of. You know, who Peyton was Manning had a terrible first. John Elway was terrible for like. Yeah, but, uh, there's not many Russ, Andrew Lucks roaming. Rusty Wilson. Russell Wilson. Rusty Wilson started out pretty solid and stayed there. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, Kaepernick, when Kaepernick came in and immediately was not. He, I think he's similar to a Kaepernick, not in terms of like makeup, but like Kaepernick came in and he made some mistakes, or whatever. But you're like, okay, well, at least we know he's the guy, right? So erratic you can improve, with but, flashes. Yeah, erratic is the word I'm, I'm using yep. for Teddy. So Kaepernick again, like physically, Kaepernick is uh, has a cannon, like a way, like a, I think a stronger yeah. arm than Bridgewater. Well, so they don't yeah, make the same sure. that way, but um, just in terms of like performance wise. That's I feel the like thing. everybody kind of knew, like, okay, he's our guy. He might not be perfect, but he's our guy. That's, That's why the I feel thing about you forget Tiger. about Bridgewater is that he is in no way an amazing athlete. Yeah. Because because he's a black quarterback, everyone assumes, well, yeah. he's good with his feet. He's, he's not. Rush. He's fairly slow. Yeah, exactly. He There was one play during, I think, the, fourth, the third or fourth quarter of the Vikings game when they had fourth and two or third and two or something. And he rolled out and he ended up throwing the ball away rather than running. I, I remember that exactly. And everybody just lost their minds and... On the one hand, he probably could have run it and made it, but he's not that fast. Not for, wouldn't have for sure made that. At no point has he ever been like, you know what? I'm just going to make this happen with my feet, guys. Yeah, yeah. I am put the team on my shoulders. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to run it. I'm going to do everything. He's got to drop back and throw it because he's not that fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you yeah. want a quarterback on the Vikings roster to tuck it and run, you have Christian Ponder do that. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. the one thing he can do. That's our guy. He's so good at tucking and running. Yeah, he it's, can he can TNR with the best of them. Tucking and running is not that easy, guy. I don't know if you've ever tried. It. I mean, I, the talking is—I can talk. I can, I can tuck okay, can but run, once you but get me into a more of a fat, more than a fast walk, yeah. then it's—it's it's it's trouble. More of a, yeah, I'm just it's more of a shuffle <laughs> than a run. Yeah, I need like duct tape, or you know, what's the best thing to do if you want to do a tuck and run is use like a headband and just pull it up on one what? leg, <laughs> because then you don't get any chafing and it's nice soft terry cloth feel. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't I have, like headbands hanging around. I like bungee cord. Sure. Before you tuck, before you tuck and run, your coach expects you to make at least one or two reads on a play. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is crazy. <laughs> because when you're Christian Ponder, no. I mean, 
Ain't nobody no, got time for that. I'm not doing that, coach. <laughs> what I'm going to do is snap the ball to me. I'm going to look up, make it pretend that I'm breeding. I'm not. It's All I'm doing is looking like for a place to run. Run. I'm just looking, my, where can I slide? Plays on my wristband are actually is just uh, Pelicero's quotes about me saying that I can make all the throws. <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture, of a, back there. a picture of a cat. Just hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> just motivational sayings. A little note from Sam that you left on the breakfast nook in the morning. Yeah. Love you, honey. Do your best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, everybody hates yeah, you, but I don't care. Cat. Okay, Christian Padre is a super nice guy ever to still be in the So world. nice. Yeah. I feel so bad uh, every time. And how yeah, about Pelicero? I mean, we rip up. The only time we ever mention Pelicero <laughs> is just shitting on him. We've never been like, opinion. hey guys, Tom yeah. Pelicero had a very yeah, insightful good article. We should really discuss this. And we probably are actually kind of rude because he's, in a way, I, I don't, if he's talking about Ponder, he was wrong. But in a way, like, arm strength isn't the most important thing. Sure, if you want to say, like, Peyton Manning doesn't have a very strong arm and he's still good, sure. But he did it in the context of Christian Ponder, who has the worst arm that I've ever seen of any human being. He threw a Hail Mary that went 37 yards. I'm not kidding you. I could throw a football fucking 37 yards. So that was that was where you ran into trouble, Tom, if you're listening. It's not that the arm strength thing. I think we agree with you for the most part. But then you had to go and mention Ponder's going to be okay. Yep. That's where it's a bad. That's where yeah. you lost us. Oh man! Uh, somebody posts that Ponder Hail Mary probably once a week, and I I have never not clicked, and I will never not click for the rest of time. I just couldn't believe my eyes when it happened, and I keep watching it, and it's like I'm still surprised every time. Oh, I know what's going to happen. I love it every time. Yeah, I know what's going to happen. I remember it like it like it happened yesterday. That it happened. And I got right on, right on the Twitter machine. I just, oh, fuck you! It's just yep. fuck everybody. Yeah, you fuck you. Are. Fuck you! Just replying to anybody that had ever said a nice thing about Christian Ponder. Just fuck you. Did you see that? Fuck you. Yeah. Don't fuck. Fuck you. Just tweet. Send. Fuck you. Submit. Send. Fifty street. Did say duplicate tweet and say up at the top, and I'd have to like put spaces, periods <laughs> in. Just the fuck period. You send. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think that he's. Uh, I think that he's the future. I feel good about it. He's. He has been erratic. He's been. You know, made some shitty plays. But uh, yeah, I like Bridgewater. He's got potential. Yeah. He may never yeah. put it all together. It may never happen. But he's actually got the ability. Yeah. He's yeah. got a chance. God, at least they got a chance at a quarterback. A chance. It's amazing. You know, it was a, it was a, a, a shrewd, I think we all agree, a shrewd draft night trade to get him there. And <laughs> another was. thing that I want to do while we're, while we're on the topic of shrewd draft night uh, moves, uh, our friend Stu pointed out that uh, one Anthony Barr is in line for probably rookie defensive, defensive player of the year. Do you, do you agree with that, Stu? Is that what you've heard and read? Yeah, I mean, it's him or uh, what's his name from Oakland? Uh, Khalil Mack. But uh, statistically and everything else, Barr is just, you know, he's at least a step ahead of everybody. Everybody. Yeah. What a what a pick. I mean, do we all agree? What an amazing pick by our guy. I think we're waiting to hear Clarence <laughs> chime in on the uh, Stu's just nervous, track. like, uh, 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 guys, he can hear really you. He can nice hear. Song. He's right he's there. Right. He's listening. He's right there. And then, you know, with Jared McKinnon looking like he's really maybe got a chance to be a decent 
running back. It's replaced like 90% of the production of our high-powered uh, uh, child beater of a running back. So yep. he's done amazing yeah. as well. So uh, I, can't, I can't think of getting three... A draft, a draft night success bigger than the Vikings last year. Three legitimate studs. It's tough to do in one draft. In one night. One and night. a bunch of other role players, too. A bunch of other guys who are going to make a difference. Which is one of the great criticisms of Spielman is that after the... His first rounders were terrible, and then after the first round, it got even worse. Yeah. But yeah. this one doesn't He's seem to around. be true of that. He's learned. He's learned from his mistakes. You know what I call it? No. No, that's not Togetherness. at all. Togetherness. Yeah. The word I keep coming yeah. back to here is cohesiveness. I'm not going to sit here. I'm just going to see. I'm going to give you so much rope and see how goddamn long. See <laughs> if you finally fucking hang yourself. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. You effing freaking maniac. My opinion about Spielman. Here we and go. You guys. Go. No. Uh, I'm, you don't have enough tension on your line. If I'm you're done. Troll like this. You got to. I'm probably wrong about this, but my opinion on Spielman and football general managers um, overall is that they are the baseball managers of football. I don't think that they matter at all. I can't name more than Spielman in terms of general managers of who is the general manager of the 49ers or the uh, Cardinals. Who's the fucking the Cardinals are, you know, maybe one of the best top three, five teams in football this year. Right. Seven and one. Who was their general manager? We've talked we've talked about this before, but what I come back to when I think about NFL general managers is when that Grantland article when Chuck Klosterman went to the Browns practice facility before the draft. And I know that talking about the Browns and extrapolating that to the rest of the NFL is foolish in many ways. It's a dicey play. But the the Browns draft strategy was basically to sit around and watch the NFL network all day. That was all they were doing. Shut up. They <laughs> Klosterman kept writing about how they'd usher him out of the room, but he never saw anybody do anything. They had like ESPN and the NFL Network on all the time, and that just was chilling. Just yeah, some they were just mix. sitting there. There, there wasn't actually any information entering the loop anywhere. Yeah. It was just like, well, this guy's pretty high on some of the mock draft boards. We should probably go with him. Yeah, I cannot name, and I pay attention to football way more than I do baseball these days. I I think I can probably name two thirds of baseball general managers. I don't think I can name three football general managers. Can you, John? Do you no. do you know? I, I don't know. I don't even know the Patriots general manager. Belichick, right? I is it Belichick? Yeah, he's uh, he's Belichick. probably their general yeah. manager. Probably Bill Parcells Here's is probably my, a general Pete manager. Carroll hired his own general manager after getting hired by the owner. I, think, I know that that happened. I, I think, think that, Brian Burke is his general manager somewhere. I think coaches have far more to do with the success of a general manager's draft night than the general manager himself. Not yeah, I don't think on that... On field, I'm saying the coach's input during the draft has more is a bigger factor on that general manager's success. And I'll use Rick Spielman as, as an example. His most successful drafts have been, with, have been on offensive players when Brad Childress was in the room. Now, Chili Dip, for all his shortcomings as a coach, mm-hmm. could identify by look at their offensive players they drafted starting in 08 or whenever when Spielman was there and Chili Dip was in charge. If Childress picked Adrian Peterson. If you're, there's nobody in the universe other than Wabi who thinks that Rick Spielman was in, 
was the person instrumental behind picking Adrian Peters. Right. <clears throat> then there was the drafts when he wasn't successful, when it was a disaster. And that's when Leslie Frazier and guys like Alan Williams and Bill Musgrave were around. They told him that they helped him out in telling him to draft guys like Christian Ponder and all the depth picks that none of which panned out. Now right. you've got it back to guys like Zimmer, and although I don't like Norv Turner's offensive coordinating style, the system that he uses, I'm not going to deny him the fact that he doesn't have the ability to identify offensive players with talent. He's been around the league long enough to be able to do that. He may not be able to implement a scheme in the NFL, the modern NFL that's effective, but he can identify offensive players that have talent. Yeah. So he now that they're be, they're here, Rick can have some successful drafts because he has these coaches to lean on. Yeah, I guess maybe. I just don't think that Spielman is. If they all of a sudden had this great run of success, there's no way I'm going to be like, well, "Way to go, Spielman! <laughs> Fucking great job, Spielman!" <laughs> I just don't think he matters at all. Like I, I, I mean, still not even five hundred. I mean, we can talk about how great this. They're not even fucking. Five, they're four I and think five. they now, suck. Is, they're horrible. This is by the one way. of the weeks when they're going to the Super Bowl. I think no. I think they oh, suck. Christ I think in two so, weeks when they get slaughtered by Chicago, team. then it'll be back. I'm saying the worst team in the if they exactly suck, right. I'm not blaming Spielman, and if they're good, I'm not blaming Spielman. I don't think that he matters a whole lot. I think the NFL is about three things: your coach, your quarterback, luck. Those are the three things. Andrew Luck, coach, quarterback, and Andrew Luck. Yep. Whether or not he, whether plays or not a he's on your team, or not. Yep. yeah, that's it. Uh, no, and just luck, like recovering fumbles and injuries and that sort of shit is just that's all just pure luck. There's no year to year like the Patriots have not been good at you know certain like statistics. They just have a good quarterback and a good coach, right? That's true. So, and they cheat. And they cheat. And they're huge cheaters and assholes. Just they really general. are awful people. Yeah, the Patriots it. are Horrible. proof that karma doesn't exist in the universe. That's true. Oh yeah, not in this world. In the afterlife, hopefully. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I. I still sometimes cheer for the Patriots. Is that wrong? Yes. Yeah. I. Yes, I, I just think that they're like a well-coached team. I like them. Hey, sometimes no, I cheer for the cheat. Cardinals. Actually, that's a bad example because I cheer for Pat Nishak. So. No, I just I don't have any problem with the Patriots. I mean, I'm I no, it's Bear Stearns, but fuck, I'd cheer for them to make. I hope they do. They're profitable. That's those guys are evil. The Patriots just some hard work and lunch pill cheaters, <laughs> cheaters, Uggs wearing regular old guys. You know, they're married to Victoria's Secret models. Um, does the regular and Clarence? You can't answer this. Do the regular fans of football think that this cheating thing was like a huge? Was it an actual thing that you still think about and still judge them for? I don't know what regular fans of football think. Okay. You're more regular than Clarence, though. I am? Yeah. I still, I still think they cheated. Yeah, Clarence is the Richard Nixon of sports. Yeah, he really is. You <laughs> <laughs> sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he is like, uh, yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't know what regular football fans think, but I think the Patriots still cheat. So that, is that why you hate them, or you just hate them because No, so I just hate them because, number one, they're from Boston, and yeah, everything good happens for people from Boston, and I'm sick of it. Number two, they're good. Number three, Tom Brady is very hateable. Okay. Um, 
and never force screw them. Okay. Those are my four points. Totally valid. That makes that makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I just have liked them. Sorry. I can't right. Were you a huge Drew Bledsoe fan? No, I think I liked them when Brady came along. They seemed to me like underdog types, right? They were then. And when they beat the Rams when they were 14, 15-point underdogs in the Super Bowl. And then so I cheered for them for those two or three years. And then I, I, can't, I can't not, you know, I can't stop myself. Like I tried really hard this World Series to root for the Royals, but I couldn't do it. You know, it's some things you just like can't help. Yep. And I would say like cheering for the Patriots is one of those like, God, ah, oh, man, I hate that I'm happy that they won. I try not to, and I just I can't do it. It's That's super fair. easy not to. You just don't just cheer against them. The heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, like logically, sure. But I, like I'm saying, like it would be fun for me to give up on the Sixers, but I can't, baby. They're in my blood. No, they're not. They are in they're my blood. That. I You're can't stop. Liar. I can't stop Keep caring about them. Trying to talk yourself into it. Clarence, you don't have a team or a person like that that you're like, yeah, I shouldn't like this guy or this team or whatever, but I just, for some reason, I, it, whether it's sentimental or whether it's like just from AJ, the past. Maybe Przinsky. You maybe like AJ Przinsky? I kind of do. Jesus. I do. Oh my God. I really? I kind of do. Huh. He's well, you're asking terrible. me for an example, and I'm giving you one. Yeah, no, no, no. That's perfect because it makes no sense whatsoever. It doesn't. It makes very little sense. We were talking earlier about the most and least um, sportive type people. Um, Brian Wilson being anti-sportive because he tries really hard. AJ Pruszynski is is to me like in that same category of like purposely douchey on purpose because he loves attention and he needs it. So that's yep. why that's why I don't like him. He's very anti-sportive to yeah, me. Yeah, he's just the guy that walks down the hallway in high school slapping people's books out of their hands. Yeah, yeah. But I just love that. It's just it's something interesting. He's just different. He, he doesn't. He's a human troll. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's what he does. He walks through life that. trolling people, trolling human I beings. I don't know why. I don't well, know. Now why. I know just, why. He's your, now I know exactly why. Yeah. AJ Przinsky is your spirit animal. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like him, but I like not liking him. I don't know how better. Yeah. I want someone to like knock him out, which gets me going. Which Jeez, is fun. This is weird. This is getting into now it's fantasy. Getting... Yep. Um, what? Watching an at bat of uh, you know some placid jerk off from the fucking. Diamondbacks. Who gives a shit? But watching, you know, AJ bounce around out there, even if he's playing for Boston and he's their backup, I'll just sit and watch that. Trying to mix shit up. You know, he's going to somehow yeah. pretend that he got hit or something, or it's catches That's interference, right. or just and watch. Yeah. yeah, I'll stop and I'll watch his at bat, and I don't, I don't know, I won't for so, even the best player in the NL West. Who would that be? The best hitter in the NL West. I can't. Yeah, Let's say Yasiel Puig. There you go. Good. Oh, shit. That's a bad example because I will stop and watch him hit because he is just. Troy Tulowitzki. Oh, yeah. Buster there Posey. How about Buster Posey? Oh, so boring. I could give a shit about Buster Posey. Could give two fucks about that guy, but he is a very good player. The thing about AJ Pruszynski that's weird is his face in general, like his head is huge. Like it's one of those like Punch fitness him. balls, right? But then yep. all his eyes and nose and mouth are like the size of your fist. 
Like all of it is contained in the very center of this giant head. Little tiny, looks like little a, beady. Like a hawk. So punchable. Looks like a, like a falcon. And he's like just always falcon. got this face. He's just like, what? What? That's his face at all times. I don't know. I don't know why. I like hating him. All right. Couple mo- couple more orders of business before we get moving. Um, do you guys want to talk about uh, how competitive my beloved T-Wolves are this season? They just compete. They go out they there. Compete. And they, they compete. They get after it. They're grinders. Uh, they're gutsy. And, uh, you know. Um, did we ever talk about the Rubio contract? No, I don't think I don't, we did. I don't think we did. No. Good contract, bad contract. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, I think it was an overpay uh, in a way um, because I think what you're doing by giving him that amount of money is you're hoping he will uh, become a better shooter. And once he figures that out, then he's a, a very, very good player. He's probably top 10. Right now he's like the you know, 15th, 18th best point guard in a really competitive in point In the Western guard. Conference, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um so he's, I mean, he's good and he's serviceable, but I think you have to overpay one on potential that he's going to get better. And a lot of guys who haven't been able to shoot but are like good free throw shooters have figured it out, uh, you know, have figured it out, which is good. Um, and you also have to overpay because you're the Minnesota Timberwolves and you fucking suck. So you have to keep talent around. That's true. So I don't want to overthink it too much. Like Rubio is good, he's better than average. So we want to have guys like that around. That's fair, and the TV the salary cap is going to go up. It's about to skyrocket, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they might as well sign in him. two years. So this is probably, I think, um, Zach Harper, um, a really, really good at talk hoops. Talk hoops, really, really good writer. Um, mm-hmm. Has said it's almost idiot proof. You know, like it's just <laughs> unless you sign him to this some insane deal. Like David Kahn pretty, is out there right now. Like, yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Well, I'll tell you, Zach. You know, there actually is a way to fuck this up, and if you just give me a chance to get in there, buddy, I'll fuck it up. That's for not you. a bad David Kahn, actually. Well, thanks so much, John. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I I like it. Um, just in general. So that's Rubio. All right. But the wolves, I can live with that. I how, can I can use that as my opinion from now on. Sure, take that's it. what I was looking for right there. Is I wanted an opinion I could steal. The wolves, I got at twenty six and a half wins. I took the over. Feeling pretty good right now after four games. Yeah, yeah. You know what you're not feeling good about though is our five year Timberwolves versus Sixers bet. Have the Sixers won a game yet? Sixers have not won a game yet, and the Timberwolves <laughs> have won two games. So I'm down two to zero. You're down two two nothing. I, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. Two either. nothing. Brandon and I have a bet over whether the Timberwolves or the Sixers will win more games over the next five years. Which is uh four hundred and ten games. Yep. And we are four This bet runs through twenty nineteen. Yeah. We're one one hundredth of the way there. And I'm winning. You are up two to zero. Think about how much higher of a winning percentage the Sixers are going to have to have over the next 406 games? I can't even do that. As math. compared to the Dim rules. I can't even do that math. I, I don't know how to. Is it hundreds? Is it it's thousandths? Basically, I think millions? at this point you should just pay up. It's like on election night when you go to one of the places where it's like, well, with 2% per, of precincts reporting, Al Franken, we're calling it for Franken yeah. in Minnesota. Oh, man. That's what's going on right here. Yeah. Um, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I still feel I still feel pretty confident that I'm going to win that. No, Sixers are going to be good someday. No, they're not. They are. They're a terrible. They don't even have basketball players on their team this year. Yo, no, not right they now. They have two construction workers. They're, they have two guys from the front office who are like, 
Hey, I played in junior PR high. PR intern. Yep. Yeah, they got the PR intern. I think you're describing the village people as well, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm always describing the village people in one way or another. I am optimistic, though, about the Wolves. They are going to help us all get through um, another shitty winter by at least being competitive. And again, we've talked about this before. Um, you the say key- that they're going to get us through another winter like they've done this before. I remember just being we depressed by December winters, every year. So they're going to get us through another winter. Like oh. they're, they're going to get so us the through another. So the another is the winter, not yeah, the another no. is the wolf. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they don't have obviously any superstars, but they will usually have three to four guys on the court that you're interested in watching. And then, like last year with the hockey lines, and all of a sudden, like Cunningham and Berea and that second Bob unit was Mute not good. would come on. You're like, Robbie Hummel's on. You're like, yeah. what else is I'm going to go shower up for tomorrow. Hey, Jesus what movie's Christ. on TNT? This is tonight. brutal. Yeah. It's not going to be that because there's always going to be something around to watch, which I think is good. Um, I still think they're probably fucked overall somehow, but um, I'm very pumped um, for this winter. To watch these guys develop. That's good. That's good and optimistic out of you. Thank you. It's weird, right? It feels weird, doesn't it? They'll fuck it up. They will. I don't know how though. How are they going to fuck it up? They'll lose their next ten or something like that. Wiggins will. Oh yeah, do say thanks. No, I don't. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Wiggins will probably. Especially just dead. I mean, Terry's Achilles or something. It'll be injury. It's it's not implied. It's very definitely not implied that I'm thanking. I'm not thanking. Well, well, Flip Saunders. Thanks for answering the phone, Flip Saunders. That's the best I can do. Thank you for answering the phone. They did. They did finally release JJ Barea. He's gone. I was glad to see that. Yeah, yeah. Don't call of GMs. He's not for sale. We're keeping him. He's had a great preseason. He looks better than ever. And now he's taking tickets at the front door. Why are we saying this like Duffman from The Simpsons? Taking tickets at the front, front door. door. Oh yeah. <laughs> Duff man, first row. Um, last thing we wanted to do, um, um, Stu had a soccer talk. Well, Mr. Puck, Stu is Mr. Puck, so I am Mr. Puck. I You're... assume we want to talk about the wild at some point. Oh, fine, Mr. you want to get into the wild? Fine, I want to know why I'm the only one who took them losing to Pittsburgh last night as something that was a a sign of terrible things. I got my hopes up. I thought maybe this. Because it's your fault. Like, Pittsburgh's good. Pittsburgh's good. But I thought they're at home. They've been outplaying. They've outplayed a number of teams. This is the Wilds' chance to show everybody in the league that they're for real. And but instead, that, was, that was a narrative you created in your head. Yeah. This is why I'm the only one disappointed. Because yeah. I'm, I'm the only one that's no living in here. No one else is inside your head. Yeah. I mean, God. <laughs> yes, Stu. Their best player is hurt, right? Their best player is now hurt. And Pittsburgh is one of the best teams in the league, right? Their best player wasn't hurt for that entire game, though. Well, doesn't help. It's it's hockey. They you know they get a bruise, they're out. I've talked to Suhan. I know how this works. <laughs> yep, yep. Bumps and bruises. When you bang out a lineup with a bruise, so I have a bruise on my brain. It's an eighty-two game season, John. The refs are terrible. Just you got to let it go. This is the point that Clarence made too, but. My point was they've had four of these. Well, it's just one of 82 games games already. There have been four of them already. Good teams don't have four out of their first 12 games. Yeah, good teams be. don't lose four games in a season. That just doesn't happen. 
you're you're making fun of me to try try to make me mm-hmm. feel better, and it's just not working. I'm officially uh, in panic mode. Fire you're in panic mode about the wild because again, and it's November. You that's expe- impressive, even for me. The problem is you had expectations about this team, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Well, then you fucked it I up. Like again, that's your now own I fault. Do. This happens with every single team. Stop every having expectations. Team. You just gave me expectations about the Wolves. You started that. They're going to be enjoyable. That's the only. No, that's my the mind point has translated sports. that to good now. No, no, no. Now they're I gonna, think they're going to be good. They're going to be worth your time. You know to what's watch. going on that's in my the, head right now? End, I'm thinking, could they sneak into the playoffs? Maybe they could. I don't know. I think that you think of sports as like they're going to win it all. To me, it's like, was that worth my two hours to watch that? That's it. That's the that's the whole all the expectations I have in any sport. Like I don't give a shit if it's not like if I look back in sixty years and the Timberwolves never won a championship, which obviously that's going to that's happen. That's going to happen. Right? They never will. It's not like when I'm whatever, ninety three, I'm gonna look back and be like, What a waste. I wasted sixty years cheering for you this. You sound like Mike Zimmer. For this fucking franchise. I'm not gonna say that. Like hopefully it was just worth it for me to, you know. Be distracted. I, if they don't ever win, okay. So if the Wild don't ever win, that's just going to be like, was it a waste of time for you to cheer for them? That's an interesting question. No, it's not. It's the most boring question. It's obvious. Yes, of course, it's worth it. It's worth me watching it because I get to have a distraction and I get to bond and talk with buddies about them. Whatever. That's the point of. But you, you watching can't sports. experience sports completely outside the narrative of a season or a decade or anything like that. Yes, you can. You Here's can't. how you do it. No, even you, you remind yourself. Even you that don't experience it completely in the moment. Like, wow, what's happening right now is really the most interesting thing that's ever happened. No, because I'm right here now with my friends watching this. That's not how it works. There is all part of a bigger narrative. No, there's a difference between playing and watching. Playing is all about just winning the championship. That's all I give a shit about. And and if the end the season ends, yeah, I'm really pissed off that we didn't win at all. Watching is just I need to enjoy myself. That's the point. So, what you're saying is like. All right, you know, my house burned down, but I got some nachos right here. So everything's going to be okay, guys. Right now, I'm enjoying myself. Are you having my a stroke? My life is crumbling around me. That's the, the Timberwolves are terrible, but I watched this game last night that was exciting. So everything's okay. That's what you're saying. No, not that they're terrible. I don't, I'm just saying it's not all about just the championship and whatever. Like, if you can just set your expectations on, hopefully the Wild are competitive, then you could say, hey, they were competitive. So you're That's saying, what I was hoping for. You're saying I'm I setting my expectations incorrectly. Yes. Set your expectations on they're probably not ever going to win it. That's the bonus. That's not the salary, right? The salary that you're like banking on is like, I want to enjoy my time for two hours watching them. Sometimes it's not worth it, right? Like the twins for years have not been worth it. But hopefully if they're just like competitive, then that's fine. That'll be fine. Just be competitive. That's all we ask. That's all I ask of sports. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Make me not, yeah, distract me. All right. Make me not regret spending two hours watching it. That's why this Wolves season will be probably more enjoyable than last year's Wolves season, even though they're going to win 10, 15 fewer games. Because this year it's like, ah, fuck it. Right? It's in a better mental place to be than last year. We're like, oh, my God, we got to get him on the playoffs. We got to, whoa. It sucked. It wasn't fun. So you're saying your entire enjoyment of sports is based on A, your level of expectations, mm-hmm. and B, the moment. No. Level of expectations is number one. And number two is remembering that I don't play on the team. 
I don't see what point B has to do with what we're talking about. Uh, because it doesn't turn you into an asshole when you're talking to other teams of like, if the Vikings beat the Packers, I'm not going to go in and find a Packer fan at work on Monday and be like, yeah, nice game Monday. Well, I'm not going You're to Sunday. either. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm or like, if we don't win the championship, then this whole season sucked. Right. Because I don't play on the team. I just wanted to have some enjoyment. I don't have any skin in the game. I'm not sure I agree with that. That's no, fine. This has gotten a little off the rails. Stu is out mowing the lawn again. Oh, damn it. That's crazy. I'm just doing what I can. Um, Stu Clarence did- left a long time ago. Clarence, are you even still there? I'm here. Stu, did you want to, um, before we sign off, did you want to um, ask John about uh, his preferences listening to Christmas music? And when- John, why do you listen to Christmas music in October? October, John? I don't know. Do you love Christmas that much? Do you just really want to get in the mood? Or do you love Christmas music that much? Or you're like, finally, it's socially acceptable for me to play. I'm assuming we're talking about Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, over and over and over, right? Yeah, that's all I listen to. That's it? To. Just on repeat? That's the entire playlist. Sure. And sure. it's not just one song on repeat. It's 100 different copies of it. Oh, All wow. of which I purchased in various different places. Wow. I... I don't know. It's getting colder. You legitimately listen. I I don't want to listen to Christmas music on Christmas Eve. I know. You listen to, like, what is there actually? Okay. Obviously, Fairy Tale of New York is a legitimate song. Everybody likes Fairy fairy Tale of New York. I'll listen to that in fucking April. Yeah. There's not any other Christmas song I think I ever want to hear. Ever. So, what am I missing? Like, is there some, like, really good underground Christmas music that's, like, actually amazing? Asking me. On a musical topic, am I really missing out on this? What are you seeing I'm not seeing is a foolish thing. I mean, I to listen to, like, Bing Crosby and... Uh, sure. Melagolikimaka. No, I hate that song. Everyone hates that song. Okay. Okay. Cold Hawaiian Christmas Day. Yeah, that one. Ugh. I'm not yeah. saying that all Christmas music is great. Good. Thank There's you. plenty of bad Christmas music. But what you're saying is that you're a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see how those things are connected. I'm but torturing okay. people in my basement by playing it and pretending that I actually enjoy it, is what you're saying. No, I'm not saying any of that. Okay, so we just agreed that there are some terrible Christmas songs, right? Yep. What I'm still not able to understand is, are there good Christmas songs? Because I've never heard one besides Fairy Tale of New York. They're all bad to me. Well, you just name You got uh, Bowie and... Bowie and Bing Crosby. Bowie and Bing Crosby. Crosby. That's a great song. I think I like that more in theory than it's one of those where I I hear the first one I go all right all right and then like well, then forty wrong. seconds into That's it I have turned it but to something else. You know what a terrible you know what another terrible Christmas song is Bruce Springsteen whatever I can't even remember what song it is. Yeah, that's a terrible song. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's well, really it's not, bad. It's not about a factory shutting down, so he's definitely out of his comfort zone with that. I know. Yeah, not a good. You guys, blue collar workers are. Real America. Thank God Dan is not listening. This will be proof that Dan is not listening. <laughs> Let me ask a question. Um, who panders to blue-collar people more, Bruce Springsteen or Kid Rock? I don't know if Kid Rock panders to blue-collar people so much as he panders to white trash people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Blue-collar does not equal white trash. Okay, so you think Kid Rock to white trash and Bruce Springsteen yeah. to blue-collar Don, you working? Don, you working at the factory? 
I'm not sure that's necessarily Bruce Springsteen. Now I'm just arguing with you about everything because sure. I hate that you guys called me out for listening to Christmas music. God, in that's unbelievable to me. You do sound like a, a murderer. I'm that's not- crazy to me. Maybe so I you've got Bing Crosby and you've got Fairy Tale of New York, and those are the only Christmas songs that are acceptable. Those are the only tool you'll ever listen to. I I guess. All right. Uh, River by Johnny Mitchell. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm, I know. That's you not lost. Fair. You lost Clarence. That's Johnny Mitchell. It's, it's yeah. definitely not. You had me, <laughs> then you lost I'm not, me. I'm not going to judge anybody for going. Oh, that that voice is awesome. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she's an angel. She's an angel straight from heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jody. Yeah. So. All right. So we can to... we maybe have a Christmas music episode of the sportive in in March, so John can like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <I'm> in... <laughs> in summation, Paul Molitor is a useless hire. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be good. We don't know. How Rick, do you know it's useless? Rick Spielman means nothing to the organization. John is a psychopath, and the Wild are probably going to be okay. They're searching for answers. And the Wolves are going to get us through the winter. Is that right? We love Ricky. No, not maybe 20%. And we love Ricky. Hey, 20%. Clarence, you have to agree. That's probably the most right I've been in a long time. I'll take 20%. That was a line right there. Pretty good. Yeah. No, that's pretty good. Thank you. (laughs) The Brock Stoza line. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'll take that 20 percent. okay good well then uh let's call it a night already yeah i'm tired okie doke yeah yeah let's go oh, to bed. yeah we're all right. tired all right signing off love you guys bye bye guys later see you bye